Thank you for listening to Mailbox Money, your guided tour through safe, sacred, and speculative investing with a plan and a purpose to do more good with newfound peace of mind. Welcome to Mailbox Money. I am Ryan Kruger with Jackson Wood, and I cannot wait to chop it up literally back and forth today with zero reason except for a full heart of gratitude. Jackson and I decided to share a couple of things that we've most recently, for the longest time also, been grateful for. And it occurred to me as I was knee deep in 300 plus pages of a confusing web of everything wrong with the world of investing, what remains the Holy grail. And it reminded me what I am so grateful of in the world of investing, which we'll share today. But when it spills over into big old grins and bear hugs in real life too, um, sign me up. So I'm, I'm ready to share what, and, and these two happen to be on a table next to each other this week, which is what uh, spurred it out. I'm, I'm grateful every single week, but Thanksgiving is my single favorite holiday for a whole heck of a lot of reasons. So next to each other on a table happen to be, and you just can't make this stuff up. So it's not <laughs> this real life, it's just sharing it. Um, I love this opportunity and to learn from others. And we shared this question with every single one on our team and what they are grateful for that might be overlooked, um, that maybe we take for granted some simple recipes that we're going to share what they told us. And I, and it just, I had first thing came to their mind, no rehearse, no time, um, throw it out and we'll chop it up together. And that's what we're going to do. So the two things, the simplest of all recipes, it was a 50 year old, gravy stained recipe for Thanksgiving on an index card from my grandmother, my favorite cook and businesswoman of all time that stood the test of time for 50 years. There's some things that just, they don't get any better that they're as good as it gets. And let's, let's embrace it and let's love on it and appreciate it and stop worrying about figuring out how to get something better. Some things are better than good right in front of your face under our nose. So that little index card, which has been to my family for over 50 years, was next on the table. Some work I had to do was over five, a $500 billion <laughs> investment fund with 300 confusing pages, which I'm going to share the lesson learned from that here in a second. I am thankful for that little old lady, my grandma. Um, her business lessons and for her gravy. Um, what I learned, and it took me a long, long time. I worked as a kid during the summer. She had a little cafeteria after starting with nothing um, from a lunch counter. That story is on our website. Um, the other side is the name of that blog post. I teared up about that again this week, as I often do when I was sharing it in the spirit of giving on a passion project I was working on, but her simplest business lesson that I learned, and I think everybody would benefit, and I hope knows somebody that this whole war we have in this country of people being 
you know, wanting to do more giving and kind of the, the stress and anxiety that causes some people. And then the greedy capitalists on the other side, and they should give more and it's either or. And there's some people that dedicate their entire life toward giving some people that dedicate their entire life towards making a lot of money. And what if the best spirit of capitalism, which we've talked about the last couple of weeks, is the best of both, um, that it's OK to make a couple of bucks, especially if we're able to give. The lesson, though, that I learned from her was even more specific and, and had a big, bigger multiplier effect than anybody giving anything. I, I could not get into my parking lot this morning, Jackson, because down the street, three blocks, they're giving turkeys away at a church down the street. And I mean, even the simplest act of giving almost resulted in pileups and fistfights because of the traffic jam it caused. <laughs> uh, and so there is nothing wrong with giving, although it seems to cause problems these days more than ever. But what I witnessed with her when she had her birthday 30 years after retiring was how many lives she changed on her team, her employees and their families and generations. Um, that is the, at least at the beginning, the untold dream of a small business man or woman in this country that I've found the most profound grins from, not just serving others, making a little money and giving a little money away, hopefully, but just spending time with a team and sharing work and having something, a purpose, and, and seeing those lives that she effect, affected, that was my favorite version of capitalism that I've ever witnessed. And I'm thankful for her. For anybody out there that hasn't read that story, I'm going to make sure it's linked to it in uh, the description of the show. I, uh, it's profound. And I say that with meaning every ounce of, of validity to that word as I can. It is an incredible story and it, it hit me right in the heart the first time I, I heard it. So I love that. Um, along those lines, I'm hungry. You're talking about gravy. So I'm, I'm thankful. And I think Ryan and I figured this out a few years ago that we both think that Thanksgiving is the best holiday of the year. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for the chance to get together with our family and, uh, celebrate the best holiday of the year. There's, there's not as much pressure as there is on Christmas. The spirit of this is, is giving and giving back. I just love everything about this. And I love our family text. So my mother-in-law over the weekend said to the whole family, do we want mashed potatoes and gravy for Thanksgiving or do we want funeral potatoes? And I'm not, I'm not one to talk and, and text back in the family group chat all that much. I'll wait and have a punchline every once in a while. But as soon as I saw that roll through, I said both. You know, why are we picking just one? Can't we just pick both of these? And very, very shortly after I replied that, I get a sign. Now I'm in charge of bringing one of those too, you know, because I was, I was the one that wanted both of them. But I just thought that in the spirit here, I love the idea of reflecting and, and keeping it, um, just keeping kind of this attitude of being grateful and we're going to tie this in soon to, to kind of some more profound thoughts around investing and, and around the portfolio here. But I just love that opportunity to, uh, to make the memories and, and to feel comfortable and to have this opportunity to share with our family and, 
and it, it's the best holiday for a reason. Eating the good food is just secondary, but you know, spending time and having this this overwhelming sense of of uh, being grateful for what we're given and the opportunity that we have. And I get to go, and I'm going to tie this into investing at some point, but I get to go to one of the stocks uh, that we hold to the store and it's going to be crowded and I'm going to be thinking about what they're going to talk about in their ne next earnings call. But I get to go purchase all of these goods and make this food for my family to enjoy. And just that entire process of you know, me thinking, we live in this world, I get to take my kids and teach them this lesson and have them uh, understand the store we're going to and why we're going here and what it can do for our, you know, for our family. It, I just love that whole simple and I, I'm rambling a bit, but I just love that entire process. And I feel like we get to focus on that at this time of the year. And, uh, I learned my lesson of replying to the group text, but I'm grateful to do it. Well, I, I, I loved writing down her story and a, hundreds of others. It was one thing I, I shared. I was teaching a class, which also sparked this, um, thought this week, man, I'm grateful for teachers. Holy cow. When you put as much energy as I just had to teach three classes last week in one day. And when you put as much into that and you see like one kid nodding off, like, man, it, <laughs> like I don't even have any shred of an ego left yet. And it still hit me a little bit. It's like, holy cow, come on, brother, wake up. <laughs> Thankfully, there's so many others in the class that are on fire and eyes lit up. It makes it all worthwhile. But those teachers, and there's a lot of thankless jobs. I talked to another mom this past week. Their teachers are on protest. And golly, it makes you realize um, what, what what an important job. And so it's all those little jobs that I would like not to be thankless. And so I remember the very first ever Thanksgiving diary entry I made to myself in this business tying together capitalism and gratitude. And it's got to be 20 years ago. I was young in the business and I just nerd out and dive down some of these research rabbit holes, as you know, and it was, I'm grateful for the turkey wire guy. And I pulled out this old letter and I barely even remembered some of what I'd found. But do you know that when that, that little bitty plastic fastener that puts the legs together on the turkey? Yeah. And I didn't really even know what the purpose of that was. It's kind of annoying. Do I need to do I pull it out? Do I get things messy? Do I get the scissors? But it, I went back and learned like, so that's a for-profit business, like any other aspect of uh, this unbelievable abundance and feast we have on the table. And some guy figured that very practical fastener out, made a fortune. Little turkey wire guy, like <laughs> not overlooking all these small little business ideas. And, and so I started my version of, man, why wait till every Thanksgiving? Um, and, and I kept, I started jotting down a journal every year. I would, I would ask my kids the same questions of based around gratitude. And I, I compiled it and I got this big old thick binder of all those things. And looking back through them over the years is hysterical. Jackson, I suggest since your kids are all younger, you can start steal any of my ideas out of the playbook. There's plenty that haven't worked too that you can avoid. Um, but one of my favorite suggestions and disciplines for myself was uh, radical acts of kindness the simplest, rather than waiting until you have a bunch of time or money or treasures to give away, what if it's just very, very small items? Oh, what about all the meals in between? And when you can bear hug and crack a tear with a Domino's pizza line worker the week before Thanksgiving, like I did last week, simply buying 
her dinner after I was in total awe sitting there and it was a little bit delayed. So I guess knee-jerk reaction would have been to be a little upset that I had to wait in line, but I don't know why and how I am so unbelievably blessed to appreciate and just pause and reflect and what she was going through. And then she explained and she didn't look for any thanks, but she's, it's her second job. She works all day at HEB, the grocery store here in Houston before Domino's at night. And they were working harder than anybody I saw in our industry all year long. And it's one of the few service and certainly restaurant and food, food industry experiences that you have anymore that they don't ask for a tip. Like every single time anybody touches my credit card now, <laughs> some of them are kind of polite and awkward enough to look away when I have to hit the, the tip button. And I was like, you just handed me a bagel. Like I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what the calculation is for that tip. But <laughs> as a former <laughs> server, I can say that. The amounts of tips being asked for and then it slowly <laughs> into entitlements in this country and what we're expected um, of as, as givers anymore is it borderlines on offensive. And I, I feel I'm, I'm comfortable saying that even on an episode about giving. But what about <laughs> all the little businesses and the workers and people that we cross by in our life that don't ask for a tip and they're too hard working just simply buying her dinner that night made me feel so much better than any amount of money. And it takes the littlest of gestures. So that R-A-K, which I have a page for in my diary, rack them, I will yell. Anytime radical acts of kindness, one suggestion that has had a profound impact of incalculable grins for me. And I hope others. I love that. That is a, yeah, I'm going to copy that one. Rack them. I think that's a, it's going to, resonate well around here in Idaho. It's a good one. Um, as I was thinking about this, I, I just wanted to, I'm letting a little of my softer side out here. So I, I, uh, You're in a safe you know, place. yeah, I feel a little vulnerable. Uh, this last weekend was a big one for our little community here. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for, for this community that we live in. And as crazy as it is, as strange as strange as it may seem to the outside, but we were at the, uh, Idaho State 5A High School Football Championship. And uh, there was a team from Coeur d'Alene, which, you know, if anybody knows Idaho, they know Coeur d'Alene. It's, it's ritzy. It's fancier. It's right by Washington. There's a lot more money up there. Uh, the homes are more expensive. And because of that, they have a pretty good football program. And in our little corner of Idaho, which is the southeast corner, they call it the gate city, which means it's the gate before you get into the good parts of the of the state. We took it to them and we won. And uh, we won at the very end of the game, touchdown in, in Idaho State University's dome, packed to the brim. We have 5,000 people that could be in the in the college stadium. And uh, the just the community and the support and seeing as I'm getting older, I'm realizing what what it takes to build up these programs. We had our school burned down at the end of last year. And so the kids didn't have a weight room. They didn't have a practice facility. Their insurance wasn't money, wasn't paying out. They couldn't rebuild things. They had a bond. Then we've talked about Texas school bonds. Our, our bond failed here in Idaho. So they had this uphill battle, but seeing the community come together and get these kids a weight room, get these kids grass to practice on, to redo the football field. And then for them to take it 
to the top five ace team in the in the country or in the uh, state, not the country, um, and win the championship. That meant a lot to me, you know, more than just the trophy and seeing these kids win. But then also as we went into the game, you know, this is what you do in these small towns, right? And uh, seeing all of the people, a lot of them that that are partners of ours that that we are fortunate and grateful to work for, seeing them interact with my kids and just seeing this you know, seeing them talk to my wife, just this overwhelming sense of gratitude that regardless of the outcome, win or lose, I was pretty touched and shocked by that day and that, that event. And I don't know if I'm getting older, but, you know, sitting in the football stands, they're cheering and I've got a little tear rolling down my eye. It was, uh, it was powerful. And I thought it just went perfectly in, you know, into the thread of, of this podcast episode. So I'll get off my uh, emotional side here, but I was well, I was I never, pretty excited about it. I never realized until you and I started to get to know each other really well several years ago how much Idaho and Texas actually had in common. And then I learned, I mean, some of the politics and the culture. I was like, holy cow, Idaho is even more Texas than Texas. Holy <laughs> cow. And so I'm thankful for pigskin football, too. Um, and it's a, it's a perfect segue into what in the world that 300-page playbook was on my table and I've learned anybody that thinks sports analogies are overdone, um, maybe overlooking some really, really simple, really fun truths. And by the way, fun is the most underestimated part of any business plan anyhow. So I'm thankful for having fun. I'm thankful for being able to work so hard that you have a couple of extra hours to go spend with kids not even your own in sports. It's been a big part of my young life and about ready to take the last lap around that field with my fifth, getting ready to coach his last team of youth sports. And one lesson I learned, if anybody is listening to this, is anybody's going to coach their kids, and it's an incredible parallel to what we learn in the investment world, is how complicated playbooks absolutely are doomed to fail. And if you really get deep and learn and humble yourselves, as I did, they really have a more a lot more to do with our ego than the kids or the game. That that big, thick, complicated playbook, you're wanting to show somebody or some community something about you, aren't you? I mean, it took me a while to learn that. I'll never forget sitting down <laughs> with a guy who were at the last championship game and he's seen him for 25 years and he said i see what y'all are doing keep doing it it's hard to be simple every single time i've seen somebody walk into the stadium with a complicated playbook it bites them and so i actually did the unthinkable and i made it even simpler i went from one page to six plays total from what started out as 30. In the investment world, I could not help but notice, and I do pick on our friends from California every once in a while, but in the investment world, CalPERS, the biggest giant 500, almost $500 investment fund for workers and teachers especially that, that need and deserve the best benefits, it's a gigantic pool of assets that are managed supposedly for their good. But the people in charge tend to complicate things. I couldn't help but notice, and I share this 
And what in the world does this have to do with an index card stained by gravy sitting right next to it? I think everything. So their investment policy statement, as you're sitting and either trying to figure out how to tackle this world of investing and how these different prediction macro events and all these different world issues need to come together in some big jigsaw puzzle. So these are the smartest of the smart money you're told. You think they have access to the best of the best and their investment policy statement is 118 pages long. I would argue that playbook is doomed. Their investment allocation statement, which is just simply a list of all the funds they're invested in, is 286 pages. When asked and pushed because of underperformance, they could not even calculate all of the fees and the fees on the fund of funds and complicated ways they were lighting their constituents' money on fire. And that's not a real stakeholder relationship, in my opinion. So I think it's, it's deeply flawed. And sure enough, the last 20 years, they made less than one half percent per year net total returns with the best of the best during a couple pretty good decades of investing. I would submit, and I am so thankful for that index cards version in our business of we have every single allocation and plan on one page each. I say that with no pride of authorship. This has nothing to do with us. Anybody listening to this can accomplish the same on their own. I think they can include the most sophisticated and efficient examples and solutions. It can also start with not knowing much at all and just simply keeping it simple with offense and defense, which works in those football games too. That one page, that simple playbook is capable. And I think the odds are stacked heavily in your favor of defeating the most complicated playbooks in the world in investing. I could not agree more with that. And I, uh, yeah, that's powerful. They couldn't even calculate the fees. 286 pages. That's mind blowing. I, uh, I love that. So another simple thing that I'm grateful for, and I, I want to contrast this with what I saw all weekend people were talking about of the CEO of one of the hottest, most, uh, innovative companies was randomly fired and it created this storm of panic and it's an AI company and they're going to change the entire world. And I was seeing all this drama and it was the only thing I saw all weekend. Um, but it's not what I'm grateful for because at our house, the uh, Sunday night, we almost went to the driving range Saturday because it was so warm out here. Sunday, we got hit with a storm and we got like 10 inches of snow and ice and the power went out. And when the power goes out and it's freezing cold, you get a little worried. But the natural gas that kept our fireplace going, kept our heater going, I'm grateful for that. The hardworking men in those white trucks with the buckets on them fixing the power poles out there at whatever time it was in 15 degree weather, I'm grateful for them. So as the world talked about this CEO of this incredibly advanced AI company that was going to change the world getting fired and they were panicking about, about that, I'm grateful for these simple businesses that kept us warm, kept the lights on and kept life going as we know it. And so that contrast in my mind was, was kind of funny. 
and these simple businesses that we are fortunate enough to be stakeholders of um, that get overlooked, that don't make the headlines, but that keep life functioning and keep us comfortable and healthy and safe. I'm grateful for that. And I, I, uh, I love that idea of, of how simple they are and how good and profound those investments can be as they are uncrowded compared to where all the headlines go and what people are talking about. Amen. So I asked our team and I did not know what to expect. And because my, I didn't know, I didn't want to give them any time to think of anything too complicated and mission accomplished. They came back with this question of what might be most overlooked in business or personal lives that they are most grateful for right on the spot as you and I had asked each other that same question. And I was, I was kind of blown away with grin. So our chief operating officer who's in the middle of a lot of complicated stuff um, in, in this business on the operation side and has seen and done it all in this industry. Um, so much so that she was like a lot of people are dismayed at the direction of some of the industry and some of the greed and laziness it fosters. And she said, I had it. This is before she knew me, by the way. <laughs> okay. I wasn't a part of any of this, but I actually similarly, <laughs> it's the same reason I escaped Wall Street. We did not know each other yet, she and I. Um, and I felt the same way about people um, in our industry and, and how they took certain things for granted. So I'm my biggest compliment is, as she says, I pulled her out of retirement and back into this industry because she, she saw the ability maybe to do something different. So when I asked her this question, Chi Chi said, and it's perfect contrast to this AI and all of this tech and complications in life and digital distractions that we're all overwhelmed with and nobody is immune from. And she said, you know what I'm most thankful for that is so wildly undervalued? A good old fashioned phone call of how much that can mean in that moment and when all else fails, when emails and letters and programs and proposals and back and forth, pick up the phone. It is a common, simple playbook around here. Pick up the phone and let's talk. And my gosh, how powerful that can be. And so easy to get lost in the interpretation of an email or a chain or a text back and forth. And I loved that her answer was how much she values and cherishes a good old fashioned phone call with the families we serve and very close. Um, somebody that she has been training and working with the last year and who's going to lead a brand new division for us next year. will and I, I'm going to leave it there because it's a, it's a good fun cliffhanger and we'll bring her on the podcast next year, but I'm really excited because she is very passionate about serving a specific need in this industry that I've been unable to do in 27 years. So I'm super excited. So guess what her answer was pretty similar. And you know, it's one of my favorites knee to knee live meetings. And I'm overwhelmed with how, you know, even in the last couple of weeks, I, I happen to be with a couple of folks that they're not even allowed to go back in the office the way they want to get. And all of this 
mess. The last thing in the world this country needed um, was reasons and excuses not to go back in the office. And she said just the significance of spending time together live. Boy, I couldn't agree more. Um, and then old Sam, speaking of gigantic new announcements next year, he's going to be a couple of episodes, I think. And what, what he's going to lead for us at Freedom Day Solutions is going to be profound. Spoiler alert, <laughs> he's an Aggie and an attorney. So if there's two things that I should be more allergic to as <laughs> a Longhorn and as somebody who cannot stand attorneys, most of them anyways, um, you know this guy is special if I want to partner with him and his answer, and he lives it and breathes it, giving is more powerful than receiving. And some people say that, but I've seen in practice watching him work in a world of abundance and giving for him, faith drives a lot of that. And I think for some folks, myself included, embracing and having faith as part of your playbook, I'm so thankful for that as a wonderful playbook. Um, just that world of abundance. And I'll give you one simple example. Um, and it's profound. In a world of attorney, I can't pick up a phone or talk to an attorney without being billed or without being afraid what this is going to cost. And he was helping some partners. And there's a lot of back and forth. It would have been anxiety-filled, build, and just produced a very unnatural feeling as so many of these conversations do. And he just wanted to dig in deep and give, give, give first before we could ever decide is there anything to do here or to solve or not. And if you give without worrying about what you're going to receive, it's not, again, it's not just the nice effects of giving, but it works in a world of abundance and capitalism even more profoundly with a big multiplier effect that some might not expect. And speaking of multiplier effects, I want to, I want to end here with one last one. If you have another one, Jackson, jump in, but something even simpler than one page, which is our Holy grail of deeply informed simplicity, the grateful for the simplest recipes for us. It means working tirelessly to get every single thing on one page. And that simplicity is profound. I was kind of forced to think about something even simpler than that. So I, when I was teaching this high school class and talking about starting with the humblest of beginnings, and a couple of them had really good questions um, about how hard it is to start in this business <laughs> with nothing, because they've already heard about how you have to get ahead and do a lot of, and it, it started with a lot of bigger numbers than, um, you know, when they, they heard that my first annual salary was less than the annual tuition for any of my kids in that school. They couldn't quite do that math. Um, and it really made me think back to what I'm most thankful for in business. Um, and it's the same thing in personal life, by the way, hint. I think you know what that word is going to be here in a second. I've seen it's the most important part of any plan. But at least in the world of investing and I'll try to pull this together for that index card gravy stain recipe next to that 500 billion failed experiment with 400 plus pages of confusion and complexity. What it really took, and I'm most thankful for our partners in business, is something even simpler than a one page plan. 
it takes trust. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. How did you do it? Earning trust and everything really boils down to the most important part of any plan I've learned is who you are with. And I'm lucky to be here with you and I'm lucky to be surrounded by a team um, that really gets excited and has fun doing more good and who you're with and then racing home to spin that dinner table time machine around. That's really my why and who I'm with there and why we're doing it all together. I am overwhelmed with gratitude. I love it. I could not agree more. Thank you to everybody that listens to this, all of our partners, anybody out there. We love you all. We appreciate this. And with that, we will see everybody next week. This show is brought to you by Freedom Day Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm advising individuals and families nationwide. Performance is not guaranteed and past results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. To learn more, visit freedomdaysolutions.com. This show contains general information that is not suitable for everyone and was shared for informational purposes only. Any forward-looking statement or opinion expressed is subject to change without notice. Nothing contained herein constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, nor is it to be relied on in making investment or other decisions. Clients of Freedom Day Solutions may hold positions in the securities discussed.